This is London Calling. London Calling. The people of the United Kingdom stand with our Ukrainian brothers and sisters in the face of this unjustifiable assault on your homeland. We salute the fierce bravery and patriotism of your government, your military and your people. I'm in close contact with President Zelensky. And as Prime Minister, I speak for us all in the United Kingdom when I say once again, Slava Ukraini. Welcome to London Calling with me, James Delicol, and my very good friend, Mr. Toby Young. Tobes, we had complaints from certain listeners last week that the sound was awful. Um, and uh, we did try and explain to them we are busy boys and it's very hard to get us you know, to find mutually satisfactory time to do the podcast. And I recorded mine, I thought heroically actually, of dedication to duty on the walk from that um, from RM Williams in Bond Street to the houses, the, the House, of, House of Parliament. Because um, I was sandwiching it in between meetings, between vitally important nation-saving meetings. And all people could... Well, no, very, very, I, I thought it was very impressive. Um, and I'm amazed that... Yeah, exactly. Complained. Who are these people? What, what, do they, what do they want, kind of... I mean, yeah, okay... I thought that I thought the quality was. I mean, I haven't listened back to it, but I assumed it was better than the week before when you sounded like a kind Apparently of. Apparently, I developed a lisp, um, which I don't have. Okay, but 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 yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was pretty good. I mean, look, one one thing I in in, in the days when I used to work when I used to do BBC programs, um, there was there was you remember that late night review program, um, the late review, I think it was, that, and it moved up it moved yeah. up to Scotland, and. It, uh, I, I, went, yes. I don't know whether you ever, ever ever did it, but I went up there. I did it in I did it in Scotland. It was in, it was That's in right, Glasgow, in Glasgow. Okay, and yeah, I, I went up once to Glasgow. And you'll remember. Okay, um, so first of all, you get flown up to Glasgow, and you've got, I would say, a production team of about what ten people putting the show together. You know, the lights, cameras, and uh, and, and and so on, and. Normal people. I mean, okay, so you get tremendous sound quality and precision and stuff, but you get BBC bollocks. Whereas with us, you get, well, certainly from me anyway, you get no bollocks at all. And I don't think you can afford to quibble about sound quality under those circumstances. We're we're kind of, uh, we're lean and mean. Yeah. Uh, When I did did Late Review in Glasgow, um, I remember being slightly put out because afterwards when I disclosed I think on Twitter that I was in Glasgow um, the author Ian Rankin um, said he very much hoped that I would um, uh, go to a local pub and um, be beaten up or headbutted receive a Glasgow kiss from a local because I was such an obnoxious southern Panty waist, or, 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 or Tory, or something to that effect. I was slightly, slightly. I think put it's out well, that, you, um, you're you right know, to one be of, one of Scotland's best-selling authors. Would, would be quite so aggressive about and sort of anti-English, but uh, perhaps no. It's, it's, I think it's I think it's childish and and and, and petulant. Um, and I, but but I think it's quite common among Scottish writers. I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure that Ian Banks. Uh, I, lo- I loved Ian Banks's books. Yeah, yeah. I might be confusing Ian Banks with Ian, Ian Rankin. It could have been uh, Ian Banks. I, I can't remember now. Um, it might. It was. It was one of the Ian, one of the Scottish <laughs> right. literary Ians. And I, I think it was Ian Banks actually, because I remember feeling I hadn't. I've never actually read anything by Ian Rankin or even watched any of the television adaptations of his books. But 
I have read The Wasp Factory and I really liked it. And I remember being slightly put out that an author whom I quite admired should be quite so unpleasant and sort of... Um, it's a bit like it's a bit like when, <laughs> when Johnny Marr of The Smiths told David Cameron that he wasn't allowed to like The Smiths because he wasn't the sort of person that should be allowed to like The Smiths. Fantastic. The idea that, that creative artists yeah. should, should be able to dictate who enjoys their work and who doesn't. Well, you, you get that quite a lot, don't you? They, 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 they sort of um, react uh, badly to having bad fans. Um, yeah, I think, I think Michael Gove, uh, some, I think the same thing happened to Michael Gove recently when he expressed admiration for someone. And they said, well, I don't admire him. I can't remember who it was now. Um, but yeah, so um, just briefly, how was your... I, in the end, I didn't go to the um, Getter party. Um, I was just too busy. But um, how was your meeting with Jason Miller? Have you, have, have you, did you put the world to well, rest? It was, it, it, it was good. It was good. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think what what happened. I mean, the oh, he was he wasn't as hardcore as I would uh, I would have liked on the stolen presidential election. Um, but I think okay. he's quite he's he's quite politic because he he actually you know when, when you act as a sort of advisor or whatever or, you, or you're part of a, a presidential team, you can't quite afford to be out there like like James Dunningpot, can you? I mean. Like there was just no way I'm ever going <laughs> yeah. to get a job um, in a in a kind of you know as a sort of political advisor because I would just be just dropping the minute all the time with my with my. No, they'd have to employ yes. an advisor to advise them on how to cope with the fallout when you became their advisor. <laughs> they would. I I can't help feeling well. I, I certainly in my case that that I am slightly treading water here because I know that sooner or later you and I are going to have to talk about Ukraine and mummy and daddy are going to fight and I don't want mummy and daddy to fight it's so boring no I think it's uh, should we, should we, we, we could we could start by by trying to um okay, no, find we won't. some common ground we, we totally won't I know mean, I know I I think we should talk about it but I I read your your piece at lockdown skeptics and it was yeah. like a kind of uh, a, a gauntlet cast down because you were so you were so dismissive of everyone who who is not hot for hot for war with with putin and and and, and daubing their faces in yellow yellow and blue paint paint in solidarity with kiev kiev as we must now learn to pronounce it um and i just thought well there's going to be no meeting of minds on anything really i mean i think probably the only thing we have in common is that we probably would like the conflict to end sooner rather than later and perhaps a genuinely yes. neutral ukraine to emerge from the ashes yes um and um we probably i think we can probably agree that we hope this uh, conflagration won't end in full-scale nuclear war well that's just silly i i, I know <laughs> I, I i think even talking about that is just just pathetic and 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 playing into the playing into the kind of the hysteria mobs. It's a bit like like going it's the equivalent of, of putting on two masks and, 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 and reaching for a third just to be sure. It's it's just so silly that it's it's like you're buying into the hysteria which has been generated by the same people who who generated the hysteria about COVID. It's just this is just Ukraine is the new COVID. But didn't the person who generated the hysteria about the possibility of the conflict going nuclear, isn't that Putin, who said yesterday that he was readying his armed forces um, for um, nuclear war. 
The Russians are saying that, 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 that actually it was Liz Truss that, that, that put they, they, they blame Liz Truss. You, you, presumably, I mean, if, if, if you see the mushroom cloud kind of um, emerging above the rugby skyline, um, will you be thinking, we brought this on ourselves? I don't blame Putin. He's entirely innocent. You can be, Toby, you can be catty and droll. I'll blame Liz Truss. I'm saying, I'm saying I do not think for a second there's going to be nuclear war and i think it is utterly pathetic and embarrassing sorry that you are even countenancing the the, the possibility well putin brought it up not me oh yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean he it's did putin. james he did big he brought boy, it up did big boy big boys made you do it did they tapes <laughs> this is just silly and I, I, look we, anyway, we can let, agree let, to disagree on it but but yeah. there's not going to be nuclear war okay it well, really I, isn't i i sincere, i mean I, I i think i think that the 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 chances of their of, of a nuclear bomb um, being detonated, um, even tactical nuclear weapons being used, I think is I think it's very slight. But um, well, know, good. Putin did raise the temperature by um, bringing that up and introducing that as a sort of veiled threat yesterday, which was. Um, I mean, I, I, uh, by the way, James, I was, I'd tell you about um, when I was um, when I was about fifteen, um, uh, an older boy at Dartington Hall School, which at that stage was the most sort of progressive out there school in the whole of the UK. Um, uh, he, he both, he, he gave me some magic mushrooms. I think it was my first ever bout um, of magic mushrooms. And, um, and, when, and, when, and when they were sort of just, uh, after they'd kicked in and I'd sort of, you know, lost my reason, he then told me that um, nuclear war had broken out. And, um, <laughs> and and um, and he wasn't doing it to sort of entertain some sort of you know some sort of uh, you know a coterie of admirers. Um, uh, he, he was just he was just satisfying his own sadistic impulses anyway. So so got me high on magic mushrooms and then convinced me with very little effort that uh, nuclear war had broken out and within hours um, uh, we'd all be obliterated in a kind of mm-hmm. thermonuclear. Armageddon and I completely believed him and um, and sort of uh, was was you know was pretty anxious for um, for, for a good hour or two um, uh, anxiety it wasn't the best trip um, your pants were filled had. with technicolor crazy poo <laughs> it was it was terrifying I really thought that while that you was while it. you were riding your unicorn and it's funny because <laughs> um, and it did it did but thinking about that today um, prompted me to reflect that you know back when we were teenagers um you know the risk of nuclear war was um was much greater than it is today and it preyed on our minds you know i don't suppose it does prey on the minds of teenagers today um you know it was a sort of uh, height of the cold war and um uh, you know um uh, both sides were bristling with nuclear weapons and there was also a risk of you know a nuclear exchange between Pakistan and India over Kashmir and possibly in the Middle East because Israel was a nuclear power and Iran was trying to become a nuclear power and it was all sort of and then there was the duck and was that was that film uh, there was uh, there was that famous threads there was threads there was threads about what would happen when yeah, we were, yeah, it was which, very depressing. which was yeah, pretty pretty scary, and you know, by the standards of the day, the special effects were quite convincing. Um, oh, well, uh, it's it's interesting you 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 mentioned that period. I, I I've been looking back on that era, uh, and and rather resentfully because I don't believe that the, the threat of nuclear war was ever as great as uh, newspapers and political classes persuade but persuaded us it was i think a lot of emotional energy was wasted on on fear and anxiety 
And I think it is always in the interests of the, the, the look, people who are frightened are more easily uh, malleable, more easily c- controlled. And I think it was ever thus. I think that the that the whole of the, the Cold War tension was was largely artificial. Um, you know, I mean, obviously, I'm not, I'm not denying that both sides had nuclear weapons. I don't think there was any intention of using them, not least because of the concept of mutually assured destruction. There was there was no no benefit to either side in in using nuclear weapons and obliterating each other's other's cities. And I think that the the tension now i mean it, surely you must find something bizarre about the fact that the entirety of the, of our media all the newspapers are singing totally from the same hymn sheet i mean okay there's one exception there's, there's peter hitchens who has allowed his his peter hitchens slot in the in the mail on sunday to say peter hitchens's thing hitchensy things but everyone else is is just like hot for Hot for you know the, the cheering the, the Telegraph, for example, cheering on the fact that it was British British made weaponry which could be killing Russians. And I'm thinking, well, hang on a second. What you? This is not. This is ugly. What? Why? Why are we? What? Why are we having to to? It, Hitchens made the good point that that, that that it's a bit like in World War One, where the jingoistic hysteria was such that people were kicking Daxons in the streets for being German. It's, it, it, that's what I'm feeling now. It's crazy. But surely the, the, the critical difference is that we aren't um, a participant in this war. We aren't one of the countries involved in it. And I don't yeah, know, very, exactly. Very few, so why are we very, taking sides? But so very few people, I think, are calling for Britain you know, to put troops on the ground to defend the Ukrainians. I mean, we're taking sides, I think, because... We've got MPs uh, saying saying that, haven't we? We've got MPs hinting that... that, 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 That's not not the chorus you're talking about. I mean, the chorus you're talking about is a chorus of support for Ukraine. And I think the reason there is that chorus is not because it's been manufactured for whatever nefarious interest. It's because, you know, it's a blatant act of aggression on Putin's part and tanks are rolling into... European cities and innocent civilians are being killed by okay. you know, very bad well, weapons. Setting like aside what's happening in Syria, I mean, I think it's, it, the, that, that, that's that was surely. I mean, it's just everyone's visceral, moral, gut reaction to a blatant act of aggression and the no. incursion into a, an independent, sovereign state by a very aggressive, uh, an unpleasant, and seemingly unhinged, you know, borderline dictator. I mean, setting it, aside like, for a moment the um, the gallimaufry of of emotive cliches you've just served up there, um, I I don't really understand. Why, like only last week, the papers were full of, and this is this is the, the, the Lawrence Fox tweeted up to this effect that it's amazing. One good thing to have come out of all this is that is that a two-year pandemic has suddenly ended in seventy-two hours. It is extraordinary. Do you not think that that there is almost no mention at all now of of, of COVID or vaccines or any of this this allegedly major threat which was going to kill us all uh, suddenly disappeared and now it's like it's non-stop pictures featuring crisis actors I mean uh, you know do- their faces daubed with blood to illustrate that 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 the, the plucky Ukrainians are being massacred by the evil evil Russian bear and we should all and when we get nonsense stories like the ghost of Kaif, the the 
the MiG pilot, the Ukrainian MiG pilot, who downed five Russian Russian planes in the space of a day, and and therefore is probably the twenty first century's first fighter race. And all this stuff is 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 rubbish, and yet it's being kind of relayed across the papers and social media. I, I'm not. I I just don't get it. I but, don't but, see but why we have to take such what violent. Is, what is what is your what is the broader point you're making about the disappearance of you know covid from the headlines do you think that this war has been manufactured by klaus schwab in order to kind of get us distract us from you know i his think, great look, reset I, I, I think I mean, there's that you can um uh it, it's obvious that that the russians have gone into ukraine i don't think i don't think anyone is is arguing with that it's it's more what 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 shocks me more is the media obsession i feel like we are being played again we've been played for two years over over covid the the media has lied to us relentlessly about every aspect of it and covered up all the things that ought not to have been covered up uh, such as the vaccine damage and now you'll see the odd the odd paragraph slipping out mentions that people are actually now um, applying for compensation for vaccine vaccine damage. So, so finally, the mainstream media, having denied that there was a problem, is it's just started to hint that there may have been a problem. But mainly, it, it's just like it, the the first sort of seven or eight pages of every newspaper are full of this regional conflict, which is really doesn't really involve us. And I'm surprised by this, and I'm surprised you're not surprised by the degree to which they're invested in this. Well. I don't, I don't. I honestly don't think that um, they're doing it because they're, you know, trying to serve the vested interests of the owners of the papers or the board of directors. I mean, I think I think that you know most journalists are probably sick to the back teeth of writing about the pandemic um, and have let. What? So on. they're grateful, grateful to be able to write about this about war in oh, Ukraine God, instead. Yes. Of course they are. Um, uh, I mean, I, 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 I won't tell you who this was, but I once had dinner with um, a Fleet Street editor. I was having dinner when um, uh, news of um, Hurricane Katrina, was it? No, no, it was, it was actually the tsunami in, um, was it Thailand? Oh, yeah, was it Christmas, that one, wasn't yeah, it? Or it, New it, Year? It was, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was between Christmas and New Year. And um, this newspaper no editor around. said, yeah, when I heard the news, I thought, thank you, God, because this is usually such a slow news week. Of course, journalists, um, you know, um, cynically, um, uh, uh, celebrate whenever there's a crisis, um, uh, uh, particularly if there's a you know a sort of human tragedy unfolding, because then they can then they can you know it's what they it's what they are born to do. I remember noticing this when I worked at the Times uh, for a, briefly for six months before I got fired in 1980. Between 1986 and 1987, remember when there was a sort of train? It was like most of the time, you know, the newsroom was kind of somnambulistic. People were half asleep. All the hacks were bored. They couldn't get out for lunch soon enough or come back late enough. By the time they came back, they were usually shit faced. It was, uh, you know, it was it was as though they they loathed and detested what they did for a living and had no enthusiasm for it, and they were just all old and jaded and tired. Uh, and then suddenly there was this 
this train crash, you know, a genuine emergency. And they all came to life. It was as though, you know, they'd been hit with cattle props. And they all they all sprung to life and suddenly were firing on all cylinders and doing what they were born to do. And, you know, and you realise this is why they do it. They they love the adrenaline rush of responding so to So really, they stories. owe Mr but, Putin a debt of thanks that the, the mainstream media should, should be tearful with gratitude for him for, for relieving them of the tedium of, 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 of serving up relentless government propaganda. <laughs> propaganda and lies about the vaccine and rescuing them from their their shame of not doing their job and finally enabling them to do their job badly again this time about a foreign war in a country about which we know nothing and and probably know even less now that now that um the media has been bombarding us with 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 lies for the for the last last few weeks no i i i, I think it's all very un, un, unhealthy and do are you not at all alive to to the the hitchens argument that this was this was essentially provoked by the 2014 coup staged staged by by the, you know nato the eu and the and, and the the CIA probably, I mean, and, the, and the U.S. State Department and Victoria Newland. Are you? Are you? Are you not? Are you not? Are you of the view that anything that the West does is good, and anything that the East does is is perforce bad because it's not the West? Is that the idea? No, um, but um, I don't accept that um, uh, anything Putin claims was um, the reason for this, the provocation, whether it be the 2014 coup or whether it be the declaration of independence by Russian separatists and a couple of But so you, you admit there was a coup Ukraine. in 2014 or you, are you dismissing that as Putin propaganda? Well, I, 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 I don't think that... I mean, let's suppose there was a, a coup in Ireland. Would, 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 would we then be justified in... Uh, invading no. Ireland um, uh, sending our th- th- tanks th- that in wasn't, that um, wasn't my question I, I, I was thinking, are you acknowledging that, 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 that there was in 2014 there was there was a coup against a, a democratically elected president who was replaced by a kind of um, one a sort of uh, a puppet of the of of the US and and NATO and the EU no, I think that's uh, I think that's pretty dubious, and there was uh, fine. okay. There was... That, 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 that's fine. I mean, I, I just just so so you don't buy buy any of and the any of the. I mean, you, James, it, it James, really, James, James, James. It's dishonest, I think, to to say anything you disagree with. You're putting it in the mouth of Putin and Putin, and and then saying it doesn't work because Putin said it. James, um, regardless of the legitimacy of the 2014 election. The 2018 election seems to have been conducted in a relatively legitimate way, and um, and there was a clear victor um, who you know who, who seems to have emerged. I mean, I, I surely you admire um, you know Zelensky um, for, the way, <laughs> for the way in which he's 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 responded. No, I, I mean, don't. He's, he's, isn't this he is the a kind of heroic, who, who, manly leader that we could do with much more of in the West? No, I I, I see I see you've you've retweeted a ridiculous piece by Brendan O'Neill to that effect. I mean. The thing I like about Zelensky, and I have total respect for this, that he once played the piano with his penis on TV. Now yeah, that is that. that is that is that is that is very very good. But no, a lot of this he's a he's a he's an actor. It's it's all it's all staged. He's a kind of cartoon president, and a lot of a lot of the, the the publicity shots that have been taken are cartoonish. I mean, the, the, there are shots of him in his military uniform, which were, were weren't even taken in this particular conflict they were taken months ago it's all it's all fraudulent the whole thing it's all theater i mean i i I mean i I, one of the things which slightly surprises me about your reaction is that i would have thought that 
there's a lot going on that um, people with our political values and our understanding of what's gone wrong, um, you know, geopolitically, a lot to sympathise with. I mean, for instance, do not do not um, applaud the fact that uh, Germany has now said it's actually going to double its defence spending finally. I mean, after having not taken any responsibility for you know the defence of Western Europe for decades, um, it is now finally announcing that it's going to do something. Um, not d- not necessarily because I'm not sure I consider Germany a, a, a reliable ally, and I think a strong Germany is is almost as dangerous as a weak. Well possibly more dangerous than a weak Germany. So no, not necessarily, no, I don't. Um, what about the fact that it's highlighted the extent to which the decarbonisation policies of um, lots of Western European countries, particularly Germany, but not exclusively Germany, um, uh, France as well, um, have exposed them um, to um, uh, being held to ransom effectively by Russia, which is um, exporting oh, yeah. gas I mean, to look, them. Look, I mean, what, what about the fact that it we probably can... means we're going to lift the fracking ban now in this country? And it'll, Do you think it'll, it does? It'll, 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 oh, I would have thought so, yeah. I mean, it'll certainly, uh, there'll certainly be, the government will certainly come under a lot of pressure, I think, to lift the fracking ban. Yes. Well, it's, I, actually, this gas reserves are running out. This is one of, one of the areas where, where you and I would agree um, that I think it was about huh, about the time of the, of the Kiev coup, 2014, I, I made a a video with um, uh, uh, um, Ben Pyle about fracking, and it was a kind of it was a passionate, actually well argued plea for for us to to, to frack the, the the treasure underneath uh, our soil in places like the Boland Boland Shale. All these energy reserves, possibly even better than America's shale gas reserves, we have, we have deeper shales, um, and it would have given us energy independence. But we were fighting against a really well-organized and well-funded campaign. Partly funded uh, lat- by, by Putin, right? Latterly featuring people like Vivian Westwood and Joanna Lumley, who I think are just, they're, they're, they're sort of renter quotes. And, and I think they were being exploited um, by the anti-fracking movement, which, as you say, was largely... I think, or significantly anyway, funded by the Ruskies. The, I mean, the, the Russians are... Play, play, I'm not saying the Russians are goodies, and I'm certainly not saying Putin is a goodie. Um, and I resented it at the time. I remember, you know, some of the, the presenters on, on RT were, the, you know, the, the, the Russian the Russian TV station, um, that guy with the braces who, who talks about Bitcoin. He was always banging on about how evil fracking was. And I was thinking, this is the purest, purest Russian propaganda, which has got nothing to do with the truth about, about fracking. Um, yeah, the, 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 the Russians helped uh, encourage their useful idiots in the West to oppose fracking on, on lots of spurious grounds. And the result is we are now being held hostage by um, expensive where well, the Russians have been able to charge what whatever they want haven't they for their for their for their gas um, so yeah, yeah and, and and so so you know if, if, if it's finally made us wake up to the you know but do you think it will you see of, I, of I tell you becoming... my concern Tobes I reckon that the green lobby is so we're, we're being that this country is really being run by um, Boris Johnson's missus, whatever her name is, Carrie, and 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 Zach Goldsmith, 
that the, they are deciding sort of almost ex cathedra they are de- deciding what britain's energy policy is, is is going to be what i suspect is going to happen here is that rather than acknowledging that that our energy policy is an absolute basket case and and the net zero is completely unsustainable to use their favorite word um instead what what's going to happen is that it's going to be blamed on the, the rising energy prices which ought to be ought to drive people with pitchforks on Downing Street in protest at what's going on. Instead, their fury is going to be misdirected towards towards Putin, who's not really the cause of, of, of the rising energy prices. This is this is almost entirely our own fault. Um, so that's my fear. I, I I would I would love it. I would so love it if if we did start exploiting our shale gas reserves. Although I, I don't know how long it takes to get them on stream. I think it would t- probably take a couple of years. Um, so so we, I don't know how we're going to bridge the gap between now and when we, if and when we do exploit our shale gas reserves. Um, we're gonna, we're, there's going to be a heap of pain coming our way, isn't there? In the form of massively high electricity prices, high energy bills generally. I'm sure, but it, but 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 it but it has proved to be a wake-up call, and I think will increase political pressure on the government to allow fracking to take place, which is a good thing. What about the anti-woke dimension to this, James? I mean, um, hasn't it, to a certain extent, revived the West's belief in the values of the West? Uh, you know, no. the, the, the kind of woke take is that um, the West is just a kind of uh, moribund, desiccated, which um, it is, uh, collection of, of of countries which uh, are, are, are poisoned by the legacy of colonialism. Uh, all their power, st- yeah. such structures, are designed to preserve white supremacy and to suppress historically disadvantaged minorities and to exacerbate socioeconomic inequality you know we've had a very kind of jaundiced view of the west and what it stands for uh, but this actually seems to have brought home to people that actually it does still stand for something no. um, and uh, and there are worse fates um, than no, being it just shows um, that you've a, got a declining have... liberal democracy people with with rainbow colored hair and 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 their preferred genders on their on their Twitter accounts, um, and and their triple masks are suddenly getting brave from behind their keyboards, and they're really hot for war as long as it just doesn't involve actually going out there and and fighting or anything like that. They can just be brave. Keep using this phrase no. hot for war, but 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 no one is. Very few people are actually suggesting that Britain should go to war to defend the people of Ukraine. They're just. They're just, they're just, they're just, they're just, you know, hoping that the Ukrainians can um, repel this Russian invasion and celebrate. They're getting what they excited. Think of as they're getting victories. excited that, by the violence, and they're getting swept up in the emotion. Is what I is what I mean right. by by hot for war. I mean, obviously, none of the Western nations are going to dare take on the Rus the Ruskies, the Ruskies having the second most powerful military in the world why would you want and, and also um a military which isn't concerned about about things like um diversity sustainability and and um environmental friendliness and and so on they just want to you know kill and win so obviously we're not going to actually go to war with russia but people people are sort of people the, the, the people who only a few weeks ago were, were scared to leave their homes because of this deadly virus with the 99.8% survival rate um, are, are now suddenly recovering their kind of their sense of, 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 of spirit. But it's, it's a kind of 
Um, it's a vicarious spirit, you know. They're living, they're living their their best lives through. I mean, I'm not. I'm I'm full of admiration for the ordinary Ukrainians who are defending their country. It's a bit like look. It's a bit like this. I despise uh, this government. I despise. I, I I I have almost no respect for any of our institutions, which have all been subjected to institutional capture, but by the forces of wokedom. I I I. It's almost. I've almost reached the point where the, where you know I, I I wouldn't want to fight for the government, and yet if push came to shove, if we got invaded, I would be there with my shotgun or my water pistol Molotov or whatever cocktail. I could get to hand, my pitchfork, I would be repelling the invaders because it's my country, right or wrong. That, but that, that that's fine. And, and I respect the Ukrainians for doing that. I'm, I'm not sure I have any sympathy with the Azov battalion or the, or the really quite significant uh, portion of, of, of the, you know, the, the military who are basically Nazis and yet are being cheered on by the liberal West for some reason. But no, I mean, it's, it's, I just think it's more complicated, this conflict than is being acknowledged in the newspapers. I guess the the thing, the thing which um, I don't really understand about um, your lack of well, it's not exactly lack of support for the Ukrainians, but your lack, your, 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 your willingness to kind of, um, uh, contextualize this and see it as you know um there are two sides to this story a plague on both their houses that they contributed to their own misfortune and so forth the thing i find it hard to the thing i find that hard to grasp and can't kind of have can't go along with that myself is that the reason you know i've been a lockdown skeptic the reason i've opposed vaccine mandates and all the rest of it over the past two years is because i passionately believe in individual liberty and even though we disagree about um whether the great reset is real or not um we agree i think the reason the reason you're concerned about it is because you see it as a kind of clandestine uh, attempt to erode um our our liberties um uh, uh, and the emergence of a kind of soft tyrannical global world order um but if you are a believer in individual liberty which i think you are um why how can you kind of not be kind of shocked and sort of morally outraged by a military power invading you know an independent sovereign state and subjugating its population at the barrel of a gun surely that kind of old-fashioned traditional um quashing of liberty is every bit as alarming as the kind of digital means that Klaus Schwab and his mates want to employ. I mean, why, why, why isn't that a sort of why isn't that a kind of straightforward red flag for you? Why aren't you kind of horrified by by this invasion? Given given that given that given that you know it, 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 the impact it'll have on the liberty of ordinary Ukrainians, it's much more complicated than you're you're making out. That that it's not a, a, a question of, of a sort of sheep innocently um, gambling in the fields and being suddenly assaulted by this evil pack of wolves. It's too nuanced simply to go, these are the goodies and these are the baddies. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, okay. Um, uh, but it, I'm, I'm, I'm just not persuaded that um, anyone, well, you, well, you wouldn't a, a, any, of, any of the political actors in Ukraine have done anything, you know, to provoke 
this invasion, which would in any way justify or excuse it. I mean, it, it is an independent sovereign state, so perhaps it hasn't been as compliant as it might have been. You can use judicious sounding phrases like I am not, supra- not, not persuaded and independent sovereign nations. But what these phrases do is cover a, a multitude of, of complexities and sins. Actually, you, you won't even acknowledge the, the, the 2014 coup. So I, I, I really don't know how we can how we can discuss this issue where we can't even agree what the facts are. That's the problem. You you are you are very much a kind of oh the NATO is is that a great organisation that defends our, our our freedoms. I think NATO is corrupt. I think it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a form of imperial power. Um, and I don't like that. I, I don't automatically go anything that the West does is good because I don't think it is. I think I think that there are some very bad forces in the West. And I think that you are being slightly naive to, to, to take everything they say on trust. Well, That's all. I, I don't take everything they say on trust, but I do still believe in but you love you know, NATO, the values of you? the West. Well, I think NATO managed to keep the peace in, you know, uh, in Europe for... Um, it was since what 1948. Um, I don't think yeah, it was sure, the EU. Sure, it, it may have had it had a function once. It doesn't anymore. Soviet tyranny. Um, well, I'm not sure. You're you're a cold warrior, still fighting fighting that. It, it's not I, well. It anyway, seems that, we, it, that seems to be Putin's we, we're not going to agree at all, <laughs> at all. No, I don't suppose we are. Listen, should we ha- should we have an ad and then move yeah. to culture corner? Yeah. Okay. From the first moment I sat in my ex-chair, my body immediately said, ah, so this is what a real office chair is supposed to feel like. I never actually looked forward to sitting in my office until I got my ex-chair. Can your current office chair give you a massage while you're working? My ex-chair can. Can your current office chair heat up or cool down? My ex-chair can. It's all in the Elemax Massage and Temperature Regulation, exclusively designed and made for X-Chair. And once you feel the customised support of X-Chair's patented Dynamic Variable Lumber, or DVL, your back will never be happy in any other chair again. High performance, quality engineering, extreme comfort. Those are all the reasons I love my X-Chair. Now I can't wait to be at work, and sometimes, even if I'm not working, I sit in my X-Chair just to get that feeling. Take my advice. Try X-Chair for yourself, risk-free, for 30 days. Once you realise how much better your chair should be, you'll never go back, I promise. Go to xchairlondon.com now. That's the letter X, followed by the word chair, L-O-N-D-O-N.com. Or in the US, call 1-844-4X-CHAIR for $100 off your order. X-CHAIR has a 30-day guarantee of complete comfort, and you can finance your purchase for as little as $30 a month. xchairlondon.com. Okay, Jams. Um, so, um, have you have you have you got around to watching Pam and Tommy yet? No, I haven't. I almost did, and I can't. Oh, uh, yeah. No, we we watched some other crap that the, the, the um, somebody else wanted to watch. No, I tell you what, I have been watching. I'm really enjoying. I, I don't. I don't know whether whether you've got to be a fan or not to enjoy it, but I really loved it, and that was genius. <laughs> spelt in a kind of annoying annoying way um which is what Kanye West does um it's it's a three-part documentary I've only seen the first two parts about about Kanye West right He's, who is a rap star by the way Tobes yeah I've heard of him yeah my son's very keen on his music so I occasionally listen to it uh in the car when he's well I tell, you what, I tell you what's interesting about it so um obviously we get lots of footage of pop stars when they're 
after they become famous because they become a marketable commodity and, and, and filmmakers want to get access to them and stuff. But it's quite rare that we see stars before they get to make it. Um, because, you know, I mean, lots of lots of people want to be famous pop stars, but very few make the grade. So, so how would you have a, a film crew on hand to capture this? But the guy who um, uh, who who made this documentary was 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 from um, Chicago, like Kanye West, and just just spotted him as the coming thing and hung around with him with with a camera just capturing all all those moments where he got he gets gets moved around from from you know different he, he tries to get signed by different record labels and they're sort of semi-interested but then but not really and it, it just shows him being continually rebuffed and it's great when you know how the story ends seeing him really fighting hard to be to be accepted because Kanye the thing about Kanye was he was a very good producer and and he, he he supplied the beats for a lot of a lot of big name rap artists but what he really wanted to be was not a producer not a beats man but a, an actual rapper but he had the disadvantage of not having a criminal record of not really being into guns and and, and drugs and things to the extent that sort of was, was assumed to be necessary to make it in rap um he just wanted to sort of rap about his life and and use lots of long complicated words because his mother was an english teacher um and uh that th- he he wasn't accepted and he, he had to fight so hard to like he had to f- effectively finance his own record even though he got signed to rockefeller which is a which is the uh, one of the big the big rap rap labels they never really took him seriously as a rap artist and it, it's just a kind of it's just like a like a fairy tale story and and you see all this happening you see you see Kanye being filmed when he's poor, when he's when he's well poorish, when he's struggling, and then you see him make it. It's 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 a charming story. I'm mean, slightly put off by the title. Isn't isn't one of Kanye's shortcomings overweening self-regard? Um, oh, totally, uh, totally. But, but but you think justified, do you? Or, or, or well, at least you just yeah, don't, yeah, doesn't look, stick in your craw. It's 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 a bit like the Ukraine uh, types. It it's it's it, it, it's complicated in that. In, in my time when I was a rock critic, I, I, I think I was a rock critic for about 20 years. And the worst gig I ever, ever saw in all that time was Kanye West at Glastonbury in right. 2015. It was awful. It was just, he turned all the stage lights. I mean, you can imagine how many stage lights you get on the pyramid stage at Glastonbury. He turned them all on his, well, most of them on himself. I think a few of them just were used to blind the audience. And he, all the kind of subtleties of, of his music were, were were removed. All the all the kind of wit, and he just kind of just rapped relentlessly and grimly. And it was it was just so so awful. And he was just an ego on the stage. Right. And the, the best bit was when some some prankster came up on stage and kind of did a did a silly dance and said, showed his bottom or something. I, I think I, maybe that's a false memory, but I don't think, I don't think it is. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but. Uh, I really love some of his albums. I mean, he's 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 complicated. He's he's enigmatic. He's he's definitely got a huge ego. But I think he probably is a genius. Mm. Okay. Um, so um, I've watched um, a couple more episodes of Pam and Tommy since we last spoke, and I'm still absolutely loving it. Um, it's very entertaining, and it's kind of um, what's good about it actually is that it takes this kind of you know famously trashy 
episode in kind of pop cultural history the first kind of big sex tape that kind of uh, uh for, 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 for the first big celebrity sex tape and you know and it takes one of the protagonists in that episode pamela uh, stevenson whom everybody kind of thinks of as this kind of half-witted bimbo with kind of fake boobs and it completely humanizes her um uh in in a way which is really persuasive um and i probably and i think you may even be slightly at odds with reality um because i I did a typically i searched for the um pam and tommy lee um sex tape after you know watching episode five on google and it 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 didn't come up funnily enough but but another sex tape that pamela stevenson had made with brett stevenson the portrayal of the of pamela stevenson in the series is someone who has kind of just been horribly exploited and is essentially an innocent kind of being exploited by these kind of predatory men of various kinds and in fact the portrait of tommy lee is is more nuanced than that um but um but but that that picture of her as an exploited innocent um uh is slightly undermined by, by the discovery that she's actually made at least two sex tapes and you think kind of, well, <laughs> one i could forgive you know and perhaps it was understandable she never intended it to be publicized it was put in the safe stolen by a disgruntled employee and then completely without her knowledge turned into a kind of global sensation but but to do it again you kind of think well pam you know how innocent were you really do you think um, that's but, what missing missing from our show. Do you think we should make a sex tape? Would it, how much difference would it make to our numbers? Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I mean, I'd do it if, if it if it was going to make a difference. Yeah, I, I'm not sure that um, we'd, we'd 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 secure many sales, James. I think we should probably stick to uh, 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 financing the podcast in the more traditional manner. But um, what else? Um, uh, so I've um, in a, so I also finally got around to seeing Dune. Uh, amazingly, belatedly, Dune? Dune. Yeah. Um, what, on, on the big screen or on the on the video on my in my home cinema so um quite a big screen probably oh, not good. as big as the screen that you saw it on but pretty good nonetheless i was i thought it would be all exposition that i was worried that it would be like you know the first part of the lord of the rings trilogy in which everything is kind of a setup for parts two and three um uh, but um even though there was a great deal of exposition and it was a setup for what will presumably be parts two and three, um, it was nonetheless very compelling. I thought, and I really kind of, I felt really involved in it and loved all the characters and thought the world building was very well crafted and um, uh, you yeah, know, and it was completely absorbed in the story. I think it's like Star Wars without all the kind of twi- yeah, it's like a sort of more grown up twenty first century version of Star Wars, isn't it? Have you read the books? No, I think I want to. I, I I feel I ought to. I mean, they were a big thing when when I was when, when we were at school. That yeah. often you you'd see a, a, a doorstop a copy of the paperback of June on people's you know on big boys big boys studies. Yeah, and yeah, and and there are sort of how many? Is it, it's it's a trilogy, right? I think it's a trilogy. Oh, I don't know. This is what June yeah. Messiah. June. Yeah, I, maybe I no, think, maybe that maybe then it looks like there is this. The, 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 maybe I'll, me. Yeah, I, I I'm um, yeah. I'm going away soon, so so I'll, I'll, maybe maybe I'll. Yeah, I'll I wonder if there's a the good airport. talking book version. But uh, anyway, yeah, it, it did it did tempt me to go off and read um, the books. Um, it's it's Pilates time. I've, I've got okay. to go. All right, mate. I was um, going to say I finished Martin Chuzzlewit and embarked on the next um, sharp novel. Um, but apart from that, nothing else to report. Okay, James. Look, enjoy Pilates, and, and um, I'm glad Mummy and Daddy didn't fight too much. No, and it's, I think it, we, we, assuming assuming there isn't a nuclear war between now enough and next yeah, Monday, yeah, well, we'll speak on Monday. Okay. Right, cheers, Tobes. Bye-bye. This is London Calling.
Ricochet. Join the conversation. <laughs>